And once we can find those spaces and be intentional to create those spaces to center self, does make it a little bit easier to not only listen to hear where purpose lies, but actually have the capacity to then pursue said purpose. So that and that's where I am. That's that's the realness of where I am. So it means systems and delegation and hiring people or scheduling people or saying no to some things because it doesn't serve me well. Right. It's a whole bunch of those things wrapped into one. But it's because I first started with saying this needs to be a priority. And now let me reevaluate every season to see what that looks like. So purpose can be at the forefront even if it's not directly related to motherhood. It might be outside of motherhood, and that is fine. You are still a person apart from those little humans. You are now tuned in to the Mom CEO Suite podcast. I'm your host, Felicia, wife, mom, and entrepreneur. In this podcast, I'll be sharing my mompreneur journey along with strategies that will help you build your online business operations in a sustainable way. The goal is to help you build a business that fits into your lifestyle as a mom who values putting family first. We will also hear the experiences and expertise of other moms with service-based businesses. You'll get a peek into our journeys so you'll know that you aren't alone. Motherhood gets hard. Entrepreneurship gets hard. But together, we can do hard things. Welcome to the suite. Hey friends, welcome to another episode. Excited to be here with you today with a conversation with Portia Holland Otoba. And I was sitting here thinking how crazy it is that we're having this conversation. Portia and I actually went to high school together and now we're like married with kids. It's so interesting just how life changes and you circle back and connect with people. But Portia's a birth and postpartum doula, certified lactation counselor, certified childbirth educator, and birth worker, coach, and consultant. She is the wife to a Nigerian king, girl mile times two, and an HBCU alumna. Shout out to Tuskegee. After her own traumatic birth experience and struggles with breastfeeding back in 2017, she accepted the call to address maternal health concerns impacting the Black community. This is such an important conversation to have. Portia, I'm glad that I'm having it with you. Welcome to the suite. How are you? Thank you so much. It is so good to be here to connect with you in this space um, and just around some shared live experience, especially as being Black moms in America. Okay. Oof. That's the whole mouthful in and of itself. Um, but go ahead, tell us more about you, your business, and really why you are so passionate about educating and advocating around Black maternal and mental health. Yes. Yeah, so for me, the call to this work came shortly after my birth in October of 2017, my very first birth. Um, and my uh, daughter is freshly six years old. So shortly after that experience, I'm having a very traumatic birth and experience, an unplanned, per, uh, unplanned cesarean. My pregnancy actually was unplanned, too. I was getting ready to say that. OK, let's be clear. Um, but an induction, um, an unplanned cesarean and then some breastfeeding challenges. I realized I didn't know as much as I should have known. Right. 
I'm thinking a lot of that has to do with just lack of things that are taught, lack of normalcy in society and media just lies about what this experience look like. It's all lies. The TV and movies is just is just false. And so out of my own experience, I quickly sought care and support. I had people around me. I had mental health support. I had an amazing community. People bringing me food, checking up on me. My baby lacked for nothing. I lacked for nothing, even as a single mom at the time. And I realized something was missing. If I could be educated, but am underemployed at the time, got state insurance, and this is how I'm being treated, then what is going on? And then to later hear that Serena and other people are telling their stories. I mean, greatest athlete in the world, rich times what? And being treated like what? So, of course, little old me in Philly can get treated in the old kind of way. And so with that passion and fervor, I had my baby on the hip and I started cold calling and reaching out to maternal health organizations, got involved in a breastfeeding training initially, which was crazy because I was struggling. I ended up being an exclusive pumper and then supplemented with formula. And so what was I finna tell somebody about breastfeeding? But literally, that's the way I got started. And I am a lactation guru now, even though my experiences have not been favorable or the way I wanted them to be. And that spurred this journey around training and learning, speaking and teaching, consulting, research, things that were already a part of my life in the civic engagement space. It just expanded into birth work and maternal health. And it literally took off like crazy, very organic, just really grew. And so in 20. Uh, 21, I was like, okay, I think I need to legitimize this thing. Like I'm really diving into working with huge research organizations, National Institute of Health, AMCHIP. I'm touching grants and research from organizations like University of Pennsylvania. So I'm like, it's time to make this thing legitimate. And I don't have nobody trying to come for me or what's mine. So let's go ahead and legitimize this thing. And Reclaim Black Motherhood was born. So I went from Portia the doula really just working with families and being on call to shifting in my life to more consulting, speaking, training, and research, curriculum building even too. And so that's really where I stand today. And so it's super exciting now being married, having my second unplanned pregnancy, second unplanned birth experience, um, right? I am a two-time cesarean mom. And so preeclampsia came for me at the very end. And so the VBAC journey that I was pushing for to have a vaginal birth after cesarean ended up being challenging. But the second birth, I was in control. I literally told the doctors and the nurses what to do. They listened to me and I managed my care from the moment that I conceived up until this point, 18 months postpartum. So I definitely wouldn't consider that a traumatic birth experience, knowing what I know now. And I even use my journey to continue to fuel content, research, and advocacy for the work that I do. Wow. Well, first of all, thank you so much for sharing your journey with us. And then using that, which you went through on your personal experiences to educate the public about this. I know for me personally, with my, my first birth, there was a little bit of apprehension or the need for me to feel like I needed to do all of this research just because of 
the horror stories you hear when it comes to Black maternal health and just things that go wrong in the delivery room. So I personally did my due diligence to do the research that I needed so that I could be in a position to be informed. But everybody doesn't have um, those resources. And like you said, the media lies, like what they show y'all in the movie. I was cracking up. What they show you in the movies is really not how it goes. And so we need the real, we need the raw, and we need that education from people who have that real life experience and research. And so you did mention, you know, once you had your children that you did have that support. What are the types of support and resources that are available that moms can seek out to maintain their mental and maternal health? Yes, this is good because, listen, you don't know what you don't know. And so if this is not your lane, this is not your expertise, unfortunately, because it's not being taught K to 12 and even at the collegiate level, there are folks getting pregnant and don't even know how. We don't even know all the parts of our reproductive system, right? Some people are thinking they're peeing and bleeding out of the same space and you are not, my friend, right? And so there are definitely places where you can go to get education and support. I think about organizations that connect folks like um, the National Black Doulas Association, like Black Mamas Matter Alliance. I think about organizations like that, but also locally, there may be some maternal health or childbirth related organizations that can support you. We are based in Philly, but we support folks globally, but I still make it a point to reference organizations that can help you. And so on the mental health side, particularly perinatal, which stems from pregnancy to the early years postpartum, like two years, that would be Postpartum Support International or PSI. They are an international organization. They stay up on research. They have free virtual support groups. There are chapters in states and in countries globally where you can go and get support and get training and resources and love and tools, right? And so that's great for Black folks. There is Shades of Blue Project um, that's based in Houston, Texas, but they're all about maternal mental health. That's just two examples that I can share that I'm actually connected to and do work with on the mental health side. And from there, you have directories. So if you're looking for somebody in Atlanta, Georgia, right, or you're looking for somebody in Chi-Town or just outside of Detroit, they provide directories to connect you with people that are close to you or provide virtual support. So there is literally like a mecca of resources for the maternal health side and for the mental health side to help you along your way. And so it's a lot. So if you're pregnant right now, I need you to just take a deep breath, like a real intentional deep breath and say, I may not know all of this, but there's someone that does and that's here for me. And so even with that, a lot of us birth workers, as we call ourselves, doulas, lactation, childbirth, we offer consultations. So we can help you download what's going on in your area. What do you need? What were your health concerns before? If you were diabetic or if you had sickle cell, like there are things we need to consider now in your pregnancy journey, where you should go, who you should talk to, if home birth is an option, if birth center birth is an option, if a hospital is in your area, or if you're unfortunately in an obstetric desert, like most of the state of Georgia, you got to drive a long way to get to people. So what are your options? 
Can you utilize a doula? Do you need to do some lactation preparation now because you've had breast augmentation surgery in the past and you know you want to breastfeed? These are the nuanced things that we don't think about. We get hyped, we get excited, we pee on a stick, right? Or maybe we're processing and grieving because it's not the best time in our life to be pregnant. But then we move on to the gender reveal in the shower and then all this crap hits us later because we didn't know what we didn't know. But there are folks out here to resource and support you. I have tons of them listed on my website. I um, frequent their content and share their things frequently. I'm on social media and glad to help to tailor the specific resources that you need for your journey as well. So folks like me and all over, like we're doing this. We're here to help you get connected. You will not be alone in this journey. Not on my watch, especially. You will not be alone in this journey. You don't have to be, right? Even if you physically feel like you are, you don't have to be because there are resources um, and support that's available to you. Um, I do want to back up a little bit uh, because you started dropping some um, industry jargon a little little bit. And so for some people who might not know what these options are that you mentioned, I know before I got pregnant the first time, I didn't know what a doula was or what they did. So can you just kind of break down a little bit? You mentioned birth worker, doula, and lactation consultant. Can you just break those down a little bit and those specific type of support they provide? Absolutely. So doula really means uh, just to work, support. If you break it down, it's servant or to be with woman. And there are different types of doulas. We have birth that are with you through pregnancy and really getting you through that hurdle of work around birth. We have specifically postpartum that come in once you're home and settled. They might be helping you at night, doing some things around the house, really supporting you, checking in on things like your postpartum bleeding. Yes, you bleed after birth regardless of which way you give birth, whether it's vaginal or cesarean. And so they're checking in on your health. They're seeing if you're well, bringing you maybe some warm foods and checking in on your baby. But there's also doulas that support specifically abortion or specifically death, right? Helping people to transition. And so in this space, we're focusing on what would be birth and postpartum doulas. And those are people that can be hired or contracted to work with you. Depending on where you're located, there may be community ones where this service would be provided for free. And so it's someone that you get to know that walks with you and that is a part of your journey. And in some cases, going to be a lot closer to you than your medical provider would be. Because let's face it, your OB sees you for maybe 10 minutes every couple of weeks. If you have the blessed privilege, right, of having a home birth or a birth center birth, which we know home birth is still illegal in some states. And birth centers are not available in every state. So that's why I call it a blessed privilege. If you have that particular privilege, you're going to see your provider more often and get more hands-on care. But if not, your doula is your bestie through this situation. And so for lactation, there are multiple tiers of lactation providers and support from peer folks to um, those that are certified and took an exam and studied long hours like myself. And then the pinnacle of lactation folks are your internationally board certified lactation consultants, IBCLC. They pretty much got a degree in lactation, honey. They can diagnose and treat anything related to lactation, which is the relationship with human milk. So whether you decide you want to latch your baby to your breast or pump like I did, whether you're using donor milk or some type of combination, 
they are there to also help and support you. Similarly to a doula, these are services, so there's a, there are fees attached, but in some areas, it's a part of community-based work. Insurance covers some of these pieces, so check out what's happening in your city and state. And oftentimes, you can get reimbursed or have it paid out fully from the beginning, or it could be offered as a free service. And so all of these folks, we use the terminology birth workers to just encompass the great things that we do because it's all surrounded around that birthing person and what they're bringing forth in life. Great breakdown. Thank you for sharing that with us. But it was interesting that you said that home birth was still illegal at some states. That's surprising. Do you have more thoughts on that? I'm just thinking to myself in the year of our Lord, 2023, We have a problem with what was before there was even a hospital in a white coat. Where do you think people gave birth, y'all? Like, they gave birth as they were working in the field. They gave birth as they took a break from preparing a meal or from doing something in their homes. Like, hospitals are still a newer thing. There were always midwives. There were always community healers, community health folks. And there was always home birth, okay? All ways. We still see it in other cultures and in other countries in astronomical numbers in comparison to the U.S. And Western medicine has played a role in that. And so it's interesting that it's like, y'all still mad at midwives? Y'all still don't want people to have home births? But then there's only one OB, one, you know, one obstetrician for every like 500 women. How am I going to get an appointment then? So I might have to just stay at the house. And because I'm waiting on a ride or I'm waiting on the ambulance, my baby just comes. That's a home birth. So you could have just prepared for it and stayed at the house from the beginning. So it's just interesting how this is still an issue that we're fighting right now. We're fighting in Alabama. We're fighting in so many states right now in the U.S. for something that always was. Hospitals are new, not home births. Like, what y'all talking about? And so it's that is so interesting. We could do a whole separate episode on the the U.S. medical system, but we're not going to go here today. I really just kind of want to hone in on the point that everybody's birthing experience is going to be different, right? And whatever that experience entails, there's no shame attached to the experience or in the type of support that you might need, right? These people exist to be there to support you to get through whatever uh, your experience looks like. And so definitely reach out and get the resources that you need because, you know, like we mentioned before, you don't have to be alone on this journey. I want to pivot a little bit. And, you know, we've been through the birthing experience, but then now the baby is here, right? And motherhood just entails a lot. And a, a lot of that is identity crisis or feeling like there's a loss of identity or a loss of purpose after you have your child because so much attention is needed to give to them. Um, And so even just from your own experience, like what are some ways that you can get back to finding your why and your purpose after motherhood? Hmm, That's good. And and listen, something just came to me because the placenta is so powerful and it's that organ that continues to replace itself with each pregnancy. And so just like with birth, um, we think about the fact that something is being born. Everyone's like, something's being born in you. You're going to be great. You're this new person. 
But there was also something that was lost, right? And so just like that placenta, it was there to hold me down. It served its purpose and now it's gone, never to come back. You don't get the same placenta over and over again for each pregnancy. You get a brand new one. And so though there is something that is born and that is conceived and comes about, there is also some pieces that are losses, that are changed. And if we normalize grief, loss, and trauma, that would really help us as a society. The same way that a baby goes from the breast to the cup, they might fight, they might have an issue with weaning. It's a loss. I was at home with you for the first four years of my life. Now you're sending me to pre-K. That's a loss. That is trauma. It might not be, or we may not conceive it as this trauma of I was physically abused, you know, for two years. And that's traumatic, but that is trauma. That's loss. And so there is a birthing of a new person that comes with each and every pregnancy and each and every child, but there is also a sense of loss. So if we would just start there and say something has been lost, whether it's your sleep, (laughs) your um, capacity, your mental capacity, your ability to do a certain thing, not that, whoa, it's me, everyone cry and, you know, have this rah-rah session, but there is a loss. So to say something has changed, something has been shedded, it might be your edges that have been shedded. There is going to be a loss in this here situation. So if we start there, I think it really helps us to normalize. And so from there, it really is about what are the practical ways that you can take up space to center you, right? Because if you can't center you in any way, shape or form from rest to getting a good meal to sitting on the toilet, it is going to be very difficult to do something as hefty as purpose, right? And so that's huge. My purpose, I now know in my 30s after giving birth that my purpose is maternal health. I'm going to scream that until the day I take my last breath. And so, but that's wrapped up in my kiddos, them coming with me, them being with me when I speak, when I go places. But that also means I got to leave y'all tails and your daddy too and go get me a break and go do these other things to really center myself. So where is the space? And if it's not there, how do I create the space to center self? And it's only when I can really sit with myself and my thoughts, maybe journal, maybe listen to music, maybe cry, maybe pray, that I can really begin to go back to where is that girl? Where is that woman? Where is that sister? You know, where is that friend that has experienced an addition of something great, a blessed human, but also a loss of some capacity, of some ability, maybe some financial things? There's been a loss of something. Where is she or how is she being formed and developed? And how can I now go be a purpose pusher with in mind? And so that would be my encouragement is to really start with centering you. We need you well. So if your blood pressures was off the chain. That was me, preeclampsia. You got to eat, you got to eat, you got to pay attention to certain things. You got to get a little bit of rest. Who can you call to hold that baby for a minute? You have to get some. And once we can find those spaces and be intentional to create those spaces to center self, does make it a little bit easier to not only listen to hear where purpose lies, but actually have the capacity to then pursue said purpose. So that and that's where I am. That's that's the realness of where I am. So it means systems and delegation and hiring people or scheduling people or saying no to some things because it doesn't serve me well. Right. It's a whole bunch of those things wrapped into one. But it's because I first started 
with saying this needs to be a priority. And now let me reevaluate every season to see what that looks like. So purpose can be at the forefront, even if it's not directly related to motherhood. It might be outside of motherhood. And that is fine. You are still a person apart from those little humans. Wow. You know, when you were talking about the the piece about normalizing grief, you definitely hit it on the nail, at least for me. I know uh, probably about when my daughter was one, one and a half. She's two now at the time of this recording. I went through this space where I realized I was grieving and and. I was thinking nobody talks about the grief that comes with the motherhood. Everybody's talking about how joyful it is to have children and they are a beautiful blessing. But there is this sense of grief grief because you have lost some things and a piece of that is feeling like you have lost yourself. Um, So you definitely hit it, hit it right on the head when you said that I resonated with that and just kind of giving yourself that space to really being quiet and understand like what is my priority? What what do I value? I'm not I'm not gonna try to re-say what you said because you said it so well. You said it better than than I can say it, but I definitely think that those listening will resonate with that. And I encourage you to give yourself that space to be able to figure out, you know, what it is that you need, whether that is some more support, whether that is like you mentioned, the systems and delegating things so that you can be good. So I definitely appreciate you for sharing that. And now we have our children. So we're navigating this intersection of business and motherhood. Like for you and your journey, what was the biggest challenge for you in trying to build your business and adjusting to motherhood at the same time? So, so (laughs) definitely having one was easier. So My first one, uh, it was just me and her, right? Rocking out family support, of course, but just her and I. And so she was everywhere with me. Everybody knew her. I'd pass her around as I was teaching at a college at the time. I was teaching at Drexel University and my students would pass her around. I was doing workshops on breastfeeding. People would just be passing her around. It was just easy. So 2021, decided to get married, come back from the honeymoon with a baby and was launching uh, Reclaim Black Motherhood at the same time and supposed to be taking my business to the next level. Say why? And then this pregnancy, I really had symptoms. I really felt sick. And then there's the preeclampsia. And so it was like, I have limitations while I'm trying to get to know this human that's now my roommate. Okay, I'm trying to figure out him, what's happening, already present human. And then one that's deciding to just develop on the inside. And so that adjustment to a party of two in terms of the kiddos was the, huh, that was the hardest. I was supposed to be hitting these streets. I was supposed to be catching flights and speaking all over the place. I was supposed to have, you know, two consulting clients a month and contributing to multiple research studies. By the grace of God, even through my mental health issues, the preeclampsia, the health things, the second cesarean, I contributed to a lot within that year of her being born, but it was not at the caliber or the capacity that I wanted. And I intentionally took three months off, which was huge. But I said, I'm reclaiming my postpartum. Like, I'm taking that time in other countries and cultures. They take multiple months. And I wanted to honor that and honor people that have come before me that say to 
investing your body. And so that meant no emails, no nothing, no risk. Like everybody knew Portia is tapped out. Just send her food, send her stuff and leave her alone. And that was hard because I'm doing something every day in these streets. I'm advocating. I'm telling off elected officials. I'm contributing to research. And for all of that to pause where I wanted to be in that work, but I was grieving my own birth and my health. I had never been sick. Blood pressure? What are you talking about? I'm healthy. Never had issues. Wasn't having a successful latching journey once again. So became a full-time exclusive pumper eight times in a day. Exhausting, like, and grieving all of that while being like, I want to be in the streets helping other people, but now I need to be the recipient of that. So I had to tell all my friends, all my fellow birth workers, come sit at the house with me. They were sitting here. They were feeding me. They were counseling me. I'm seeing two therapists. They were like, no, we have to mother you now. Like, you got to stop this work for a minute. We have to take care of you. And so it was humbling, challenging, um, rough, but such a blessing. Because now I can say I'm a recipient of this. I'm not just preaching to the choir why you need a doula, why you should go see a pelvic floor therapist, why you need chiropractor. I'm not just telling you to do this just because I experienced it. I lived it. I have had intrusive thoughts. I have had perinatal mental health challenges. I have worked through it with a therapist and still am 18 months postpartum. So it's my, nope, I'm not lying to you. I'm living proof. I got you. Um, but it was difficult. And I feel like I'm just kind of coming out of that. And not a beat has stopped because this work still needs to continue. But it's through the support of fellow birth workers, through prayer, through my family, through the body of believers coming through and surrounding me. And then also just saying no to a lot of stuff and resting for a lot of things. I should be at the Capitol today in Pennsylvania for a bill signing around maternal mortality. I was invited, yes, because of the work that I do. But I had to say no. Like, it was just too much going on. I needed to chill. I needed to center rest. I started to feel it. And so my calendar is light today. And so that is still something that I'm working through, though. Yeah, I could be rah-rah with the governor and looking all cute, taking selfies. But no, I, I had to put that aside and choose something else. And so that's still something that I'm working through is, Yes, not family as an excuse or capacity as an excuse, but these are my boundaries. This is what I'm doing. Do not hit me up on Friday. People know, like, they know not to touch me at certain times, do certain things. And you can try to call me or email me, but you won't get responses at certain times. Like, that's just what it is. And so these difficult journeys for me um, has forced me to better take care of myself and to show up intentionally, not just show up, but to show up intentionally and purposefully. So that's where I am. Mm, that's so good. I think it's so profound how your journey kind of came full circle to you being the recipient of the support that you provide. I can imagine how therapeutic that might have been for you. But it sounds like what helped you get through that was the support. You mentioned rest. You mentioned boundaries and saying no. Anybody who is listening to this those things are super important in your journey, just in motherhood in general, even if you're not, you know, in this space where you are uh, pregnant right now or about to go through a birthing experience. All of those things are necessary just so you can show up as your best self. And as Portia mentioned, in an intentional way. 
Wow. Portia, you have dropped so many nuggets and just provided us with so much value and resources as well today. I'm glad that you were able to come in and chat with us. Anybody who wants to connect with you, how can they do that? Yes, um, please do hit your girl up. I am accessible. You just won't. You'll just get some silence sometimes if it's after a certain hour. I don't play. But uh, <laughs> it's Reclaim Black Motherhood everywhere in these streets. So dot com, Facebook, Instagram. Hello at Reclaim Black Motherhood. If you'd like to email me, I do better with emails and DMs. So if you're looking for a particular resource, a recommendation, you want to book some time to chat with me, you can do all of that through my social links. And yeah, I'm, I'm glad to connect, share resources, even partner. I help people train in this work. So if you're thinking about doula-ing or breastfeeding, um, I have paid very little for all my certifications and trainings, and I'm finishing up two more very soon. And so I'm glad to help you get the coins and the connections so you can have profitable business and work as well impacting Black maternal health. So hit me up. I'm accessible and available. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. All of those links and that information will be in the show description and notes. So make sure you connect with Portia if you are desiring to or if you need to get the support that you need. Thank you all for tuning in and we'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Mom CEO Suite podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, can you do us a favor? Leave a review on iTunes and share with other moms in business like you. Help us spread our message and empower others who are at this intersection of motherhood and entrepreneurship. 